This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Coach Jen in Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 14th, 2022, episode 2973. Good morning, Horse World. Well, we're in the dog days of summer now, so we thought you might appreciate some inspiring, yet laugh-inducing content from Glenn Jamie and the infamous Leslie Wiley. All of this from 2017. Hold on tight as Leslie shares her hair-raising adventures riding in the longest, toughest horse race in the world. The Mongol Derby. Hi, this is Katie Kelly calling to say congratulations to Leslie for um, conquering the Mongol Derby. I think it was so amazing um, and inspirational to me. And um, the whole week, I was just thinking about Leslie the whole time and tears coming to my eyes. Every time um, you could see that little dot move, and um, I was just incredibly proud and excited to participate in cheering her on. Um, I even took a bubble bath and thought of her and thought, I'm having a bubble bath for Leslie today. So um, (laughs) congratulations, Leslie, and we're all so proud of you and so touched to have been part of your journey. Katie said it all. It's Leslie Day. We're, we're, we have her with us. We're going to bring her in just a minute. But first, I want to, on a serious note, just wish our friends in Texas the best. Uh, keep safe. Our thoughts and prayers are with all of you. We have a ton of listeners down there, and I know Leslie has a ton of readers oh. down there. And what's happening is just heartbreaking with Houston and everything, all the flooding. And, you know, we have some hosts down there. I will let everybody know Mary Kitts Miller is fine. And uh, Sammy Joe, who is a friend of ours who has the exotic animals, lives down in that way, right in there and she's had some flooding and things but all the animals are fine her water buffalo is loving it she said so um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know and i know we have a lot of listeners and they've been reporting in we just wish you all the best well jennifer i'm going to go right to you what is coming up like we don't know like we don't know coming up leslie will be sharing her recent Leslie, you okay there? Yeah, you're all right. Leslie, hold on, Jennifer. Uh, Je- <laughs> Leslie, are you okay? Did you fall off your horse? Oh, my God, that was a disaster. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, actually, my kitten just knocked my coffee off. Oh, do you have to go clean that up? Oh, it's fine. <laughs> that could be a more perfect way to start this. First world problems. So good to have them again. <laughs> Sorry, right. Jennifer, carry on. Yeah, we'll give you a minute. Jennifer, start over. Give Jen- Leslie a minute and talk slow. She needs to clean up the coffee. <laughs> okay, I'll go slow. Coming up on today's Monday edition, Leslie will be sharing her most recent adventure of a lifetime from start to finish today. And then in the third leg of the show, listeners are going to be calling in and asking Leslie questions about her most recent lifetime adventure. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. <laughs> did, did we talk slow enough? Is that okay now? Are you back? Are you back? back. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Leslie's here. Leslie's going to do our daily winning to start us off. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
then uh I just want to thank I mean everybody who's everybody who's followed me and supported me and sent me will wishes um and you know especially the um Horse Radio Network auditors group I got to come home to the, some of the sweetest the sweetest most thoughtful care package um uh, that they they put together, um, Chantel especially. Um, I got a freezer full of uh, pies. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Whoever made that lemon poppy seed pound cake, I destroyed it. <laughs> um, you guys are amazing. Well, the Chantel who put that together just called in to talk to you. Do you want to talk to her? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Chantel, are you there? Yep, good morning. <laughs> good morning. You are so sweet. So sweet. You have no idea how much that meant to me. Um just it was such a such a big big welcome and and uh you guys you guys have been amazing from the get-go and um and just all the way all the way through to the finish line. <laughs> Well, if we could have sent you an entire semi, we would have, but that would have been a little logistically challenging, so we decided to go with a box instead. (laughs) So, Leslie, how this whole thing started is Chantel posted in the auditor's Facebook page room, um, hey, we're thinking about putting together something for Leslie. Does anybody want to donate some money? And then I'll go buy everything. You don't have to do everything. Well... It was it was money. It was it was handmade items. It was trinkets. It was gifts. It was it was just everything that people could think of to participate in providing you with a, a piece of comfort when you got home because it was so entertaining to all of us to watch you put yourself out there that we all felt like there was we just wanted to to let you know. So Chantel came up with this idea, and long story short. She got so much dang money for all the stuff that it would have taken a semi to fill out, to, to spend all that. So in your honor, we actually donated the extra money to mini Sarah and her kidney transplant foundation uh, that she is uh, fundraising for. So you just bought yourself a kidney, Leslie. Woo! <laughs> I think you can get those on the black market uh, in Batar. So you guys should, yeah. should just let me know. I picked one up. No, seriously, but seriously, though, that's so that means so much to me. You have no idea. It's it's really makes it makes it worthwhile. Well, thank you, Chantel, for good. Putting I'm that glad together, you enjoyed too. it. We appreciate you and and all the auditors who helped put that together. And uh, you were great and organizing all that. I know it took a lot of work more than you thought it was going to. So, Oh, it was so much fun though. I do have a quick question for Leslie though. Up, oh, you're breaking Which up. Which pies on have you tried? Oh, <laughs> Is that better? I closed my classroom door. <laughs> oh man. You know, so we, we were in a, uh, we were sort of a bacon, uh, house of bacon around here and um, pork. Uh, so the pork and apple one was, uh, that was the first up. <laughs> And <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> tell me so, about where, now tell me about where those came from. Um, those are from the British Pie Society in Savannah, Georgia. 
My mom and I went and visited Savannah this summer and we ate there way more than I would care to admit because they're amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and once I found out that you can buy their pies and have them shipped to you, I was like, okay, I'm sold. So everybody's getting (laughs) pies from for Christmas from me as well. (laughs) (laughs) And they're they're meat pies. Did you just say a pie? That's not a pie. Peach pie is pie. So you just ate like these are um, like they're like savory pies. They're savory like, pies. Jamie doesn't yeah. like savory like pies. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, Chantel, thanks for thanks a bunch. We appreciate it. Okay. Yep. I'll talk to you guys whenever I get on next. All I right. have to go teach now. Okay. Right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Go educate young oh, children. Yeah. All right, Leslie. It's time to tell a story. So uh, we're let's start at the beginning, and we you know we all kind of followed you on your flight over, and you get there, and you go into training camp, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We we had um, a day of orientation in the capital city, uh, Ulaanbaatar, and then they bust us. It was probably a six or seven hour bus ride out to start camp, which we didn't know where that was going to be. Um, but um, and then we actually at the orientation in the Capitol was um, kind of a whole bunch of PowerPoint presentations on basically outlining all the different ways that we could get hurt or get in big trouble and or how we could break the rules. Um, and could you, uh, could you always call it the capital? Because like, I feel now yes, it's like super too. hunger games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was totally hunger games. Like they were just all up in this nice hotel and yeah, I shot, shot a bow and arrow. Um, and so you, uh, you bus yeah, right and out seven hours summer. to the middle of nowhere, and the capital's watching. And um, mm-hmm. carry on, and, sorry. Yep. And then, and then we had a couple of days of uh, training on uh, on with the horses. We we got to go out for a test ride. Kind of, they they had the first batch of horses they brought out were like deceptively. They're like these are like the starter horses. The deceptively. Um, like they're, they were actually like sweet, pretty well-trained, safe, uh, Mongolian. They uh, lied to you. <laughs> yeah, just, just, <laughs> just like, like in the Hunger Games. Just like get our confidence up where they <laughs> crushed us completely. And, um, but it was, it was neat. It was, so we got to go out and, you know, try navigate, you know, make sure we had to sort of like navigate out to a GPS checkpoint, um, and prove that we could use our, um, use our garments and, um, and then they had, they had all sorts of really neat entertainment for us. They had like a Nadama children's race, which was, um, pretty, pretty amazing. Like all the kids, all these kids, I mean, you throw a three-year-old up on one of these horses and it, I, it can ride you under the table. Um, <laughs> super <laughs> duper humbling. Um, but yeah, it's just this big, um, kids race. Most of the kids are bareback. Nobody's got helmets, you know, nobody's got body protectors they're just um uh just letting it fly and um and then they had you know like they had uh traditional mongolian music and a contortionist which was really exciting and um some uh master classes in uh skills like hobbling a horse which i've never never um you know typically in the eventing world we don't there's like you know 
stalls that we yeah. can put around. <laughs> hobbling's not common. <laughs> stuff, so hobbling. <laughs> but now, I mean, think of how much money am I going to save on stapling at events now? Like <laughs> <laughs> <Give> my princess. <laughs> like, is Leslie's horse just loose out there? Nope, it's got it's hobbled. All right, <laughs> she's Mongolian. Don't yeah, worry she's about gone it. Mongolian. <laughs> So, so you spent so. two days in training, and uh, are are you allowed to talk about uh, the thing you wrote about in one of the articles? By the way, you can find our first three articles at uh, horsenation.com. Are you allowed to talk about the first uh, introduction to Mongolia even before you headed out? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You uh, guys, you guys, um, since you guys have been following me since the beginning, you you get some deep cuts here um, on the story <laughs> that, that didn't didn't make it into the um, didn't make it into the uh, the series, the written series, because, you know, didn't want my mom to read them. <laughs> even more worried. I don't know if they could get any more worried. Than yeah, that, yeah, your mom's but. not listening now. I'm I'm sure of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is how this is how Derby Day One begins for me. Um, I think I alluded to it in the most recent story, um, which, by the way, I've got I've got three three parts of the series, which is probably going to be a four part series, maybe a five part series um, out so far, and you can check any of those out on um, Eventing Nation, Horse Nation, or Jumper Nation. But yeah, so I wake up. Um, <laughs> Wake up about 5 a.m. on the start of the race morning. Um, we they they had us um, all staying in GERS um, as a, like there maybe there were five five people to a GER, and um, and I woke up and look up and there's a Mongolian herder, a drunk Mongolian herder, uh, trying to get in bed with me, and. Um, <laughs> and so we all, you know, like all, I mean, I'm in the gur with, uh, you know, some ferocious ladies and we all shoot him out, um, <laughs> uh, you know, but, um, <laughs> it's like, man. So, and then we're kind of, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but I was like, well, I'm not falling back asleep after that. And, um, and, you know, just laying awake thinking about, thinking about the race was about to start and um, about how I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so me and, so me and Rachel, uh, who have, who I've told you guys about um, and has been on the show before she's, she um, is from South Carolina. Fantastic gal. Um, and so we, d- we walked out to, um, they had like a restaurant, little portable restroom trailer set up. Very fancy, very <laughs> compared to what we, <laughs> toilet facilities to come um and uh so we're like walking across and at some point i noticed that this that herder her, herder dude is um is has following us and so we get in the trailer and i'm like okay rachel you got 30 seconds go <laughs> and then uh and meanwhile like herder guy gets close and he's just sort of like lingering menacingly in the doorway of the trailer and um so we come out and he's, you know, he's just kind of like uh, standing there holding his ding dong, which was, for the record, much more ding than dong, um, <laughs> waving it around at us and talking, you know, who knows what he was saying in Mongolian gibberish. But, um, 
And we yelled at him and uh, went back to the, um, you know, he kind of like stumbled after after us. We just went back to the Gur and and that was that was how the race race began. Um, race morning, even before we got to the start, he did he did get arrested later on. Um, Rachel ID'd him at the second, I think the second horse station, and um, and uh, they he apologized and and got got arrested so um, welcome oh to mongolia <laughs> yeah. i mean it's really it's not anything worse than could happen to you like Here. on the subway yeah exactly no, <laughs> actually so. that exact same thing happened to me on the marta in atlanta so i'm like and, and it's just it's so disgusting and mm-hmm. it's so violating and it's so nasty that, oh my gosh, of course you couldn't sleep. Oh, and it's not like you can lock your door because uh, it's <laughs> tent. Door. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awful. I'm so sorry. That's, that's not a great way to start. But uh, moving past moving on. <laughs> dong ding thing. Um, what, so, so sun comes up. It's time to go. Time to go. Yeah. So we had a um you know like a a kind of group prayer and there was some passing around of incense type thing i wasn't quite sure what was going lots of chanting but i was into it i was you know i was like whatever i need (laughs) i need um you know it was it was a good meditation before before we all got got started and um and then went out to the start and it was really funny because um, the the first the ho- the horse that I'd done my training on came in last place in the not um like not even close like by far mile back um, with this little kid um, and and then the horse that I drew for um, it was all completely random. Um, who we would start the race on the horse that I drew for the start of the race was the winner of the Nottam and, um, and which was pointed out to me. And I really did not have any big plans of showboating at the beginning of the race at all. I didn't even turn my GPS on because I was just like, you know, I'm just going to flit with the pack for a while, go with the flow, follow the herd. Um, and, and it's just, and it's, uh, was a big mess, big mess at the start. Everybody's horses are, because now they brought in the fresh horses that are not the sweet kids horses, (laughs) like training horses. This is the real deal. And, um, thankfully they phased out shooting a gun for the start. Um, they just, (laughs) because you can imagine, I'm sure that, you know, I think that would lose several people in the first leg back when they (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, you, so we've got 42 horses, um, circling around waiting for the start of this and everybody's, you know, just, you know, everybody's all the riders too. They've been training for this thing, for this moment for months and they're just ready to get on with it. So lots of, uh, adrenaline in the air at the start and they count us down. We're off. You know, and I managed to stay on my horse at the beginning, which was seemed like a real, you know, accomplishment. And then the horse goes into like sea biscuit mode, <laughs> and I and I'm just 
I mean, at the ver- from the get-go, he starts weaving, and I'm just like sitting back, and you do you, horse, and he's weaving through the pack, and weaves all the way, and suddenly we're out front, and then suddenly we're out front by a lot, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> oh <my> and, <laughs> um, and like a lot, a lot, um, like just leaving people in the dust. The only person who was kind of close to us was this guy, Ed, who, um, uh, he ended up actually co-winning the race, but he was a Australian, um, Olympic pentathlete. And I was like, Ed, dude, you got to keep up. Like I tried to pull up my GPS, but I um, can't see, I've got tears in my eyes cause we're going so fast. And, um, and, and the, uh, and like, it comes up, I've got the zoom, not not thick you know i've got it zoomed in weird or out weird or something anyway it's just a arrow on a great screen not helpful at all so he basically kind of like navigated me through the first leg of the race um we were i mean and we just left i mean i don't know i don't know what kind of warp speed we were going at but we just got we couldn't even see the pack anymore everybody's going at full and you can't, you don't slow your horse down when they are running. You just go with it, right? You just let go and hang yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we got way out front and I'm like, oh man, this is not what I was expecting. Um, and then some other people caught up and there's a little cat and mouse for the end of the leg. We got, we all got into the, um, into the, uh, first horse station, together about you know i don't know i think there was like six or seven of us um i uh so we have these horse stations throughout every everyone and it's really cool the way that they um do this but you've got you come into the station and there's a vet and you've got to trot your horse they take your heart rate um they check it for dehydration they check it for you know to make sure that you haven't pulled uh, you know rubbed their mouth or there's a saddle sore or um, they check the horse's condition. Um, you've got to be, uh, at 56, you know, your heart rate's got to be 56 within 30 minutes of arriving at the station or you get a vet penalty. Um, and which is fantastic. It keeps, you know, it really discourages people from just riding the crap out of their horses and then not cooling them down properly, um, and, uh, it encourages, really encourages good, good horsemanship. So now Leslie, is it like a 10 minute box or the cool down after a cross country of their buckets of ice? Are people sponging the horses and scraping them or <laughs> you just like, I assume, but the laughter, that would be a no. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no like buckets of liniment, no water, no water at all. Um, yeah, they don't, I think they're not really into, um, you know, cooling horses out with water so much um like a lot of times we would try and find even if we had to go out of our way a little bit um you know water throughout the leg um we you know see something on the gps and try and navigate out to a a creek or a river or a little lake or something um but no yeah very rarely was there water at the stations um yeah so it's really i mean it was really just uh, uh a matter of you had to do your homework before you got to the station as far as making sure your horse was cooled down properly. You couldn't just dump some ice on them and, you know, and everything was going to be 
come down. When you're, when you're riding these horses, because you have to prepare them for coming into the station, you can't just haul ass to the station to station. So when you're riding, are these horses, they're, they're wild, fair, they're fairly wild. So Mm -hmm. is there a time where you're like, okay, we're going to walk for a while and then, okay, back to the canner. Or is it just, you gallop them out and then you walk all the way back in. Like, how's it, how's it work? Yeah. I mean, I, I think everybody had different strategies for that. For me, I kind of like this whole race, I put a whole lot of stock in, uh, the, the letting horses take care of themselves and choose their speed, choose their path. Um, like just really listening to the horses instead of, because these horses have been doing this for centuries, you know, they know how to take care of themselves. They know how to navigate the terrain and stay out of trouble um, and keep themselves sound and well and healthy. And who am I to map my, you know, like little, pony club western notions of what you know Mm -hmm. how how to manage a horse onto them so um what i what i tended to do was let the horse pickets picket speed and um and then uh you know and usually usually eventually they would slow down (laughs) at some point Uh and um you know and make sure that we had a i would get off the last um, couple, you know, a couple kilometers out and loosen their girth and walk them in and let them have some grass and just kind of let them choose, dictate, dictate what they wanted to do. And, and it, and it helped, it seemed like if you weren't pushing them, if you weren't, um, like kind of stop, start, stop, start, um, if you just kind of let them find their rhythm and the pace that they were, um, the most comfortable with, and let them stick it there, then they would, they would, uh, I didn't, you know, I ended up, I didn't have a single vet penalty the whole race. So, um, you were one of the very yeah. few too, because most of them had them. I noticed there mm-hmm. were very few that didn't. So let's pony let, club. Uh, what's <laughs> up? So now you got to that first horse station and then you actually rolled, rode out and most people didn't. And you ended up staying at the shopping mall, according to our map. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was, I got, it was actually, I got, I found myself, I was way out in the lead um, by really luck. I just kept drawing good horses that day and um, that first day and uh, got, found myself at the third horse station of the day with an hour and a half to go. And I was way out in front and I thought, I thought, you know, the smart thing to do would be stay here at the horse station and, you know like this sort of race endorsed family girl and where they can take care of my horses. And I know where I am and which is what you told other- your husband. You right. Right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We heard that by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was really funny by the, the, you know, my, my thing that I told, told Tommy, I was like, you know, and I really meant it when I said, I was like, I'm not going to ride alone. I'm definitely not going to stay out alone. And by the second leg of the race, I'd broken the (laughs) no riding alone rule. By the end of the day, I'd broken the, I'm not staying, you know, 
just camping out by myself uh, rule. But well, it's not like it helped being around other people because you still saw some weirdo <laughs> yeah, demeanor. Yeah, exactly. You still got sexually molested. So that's true. <laughs> that's true. So uh, yeah, but I I thought I was like, man, I don't know if you know everything could change tomorrow. I don't know how long I'm going to be. How often are you in the lead of the Mongol Derby? I'm going to own this day. And yeah. so we decided to ride out. And, uh, and it was like, you know, if I, if I stayed at the third horse station, I'd be tied for first with however many people. But if I rode out, I would have, you know, like there would be one morning at least that my husband, Tommy, would wake up and you guys would wake up and everyone would just be like, What? That's exactly our reaction, by the way. That was our reaction right there. Yeah. (laughs) Spit out your coffee. (laughs) And uh, so so I decided to ride on out and and see if I couldn't just find a a Motel 6. You did. You found the shopping mall, according to the map. (laughs) So what was that like? Did they have like a. you know, a Nordstrom's and uh... so just so, so for those who don't know, she actually makes it to on the GPS what says, I think it was the Golden Meadows shopping mall. Yes. <laughs> were you were you riding for the Golden Meadows shopping mall on your GPS or was it just dumb luck that it was like the perfect time? It was not. That is hilarious to me because it was not. It was a in the middle of a goat field like <laughs> a total gps fail or somebody you know <laughs> google <funny>. uh <laughs> google maps uh joke that they're you know because it was there's was nothing remotely um uh they weren't uh, selling anything <laughs> there was nothing for sale at the shopping mall nothing no no there was no shopping mall. Mall. no it was a girl it was a piece of it was a canvas girl in the middle of a field. Um, that was, I don't have no idea where that, wh- how, you know, why that showed up on the GPS like that. But no, but I did know that it, the only thing I knew was that it, the, our route kind of ran parallel to a road, um, which that we did not cross. There were not too many roads that we, we um, encountered along the route, but I figured that there would be something along the road like somebody, somebody would be living along the road somewhere, and hopefully they would take me in for the night. So, <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> no, and you did. Good. You uh, went, and uh, we we have to get the Dr. Chang here shortly, but for our Monday uh, update from Omega Alpha. But you stayed in the Gur, right, with the with the family. I did. Yeah, I did. I, they they. And that, was that in. less harrowing than the first Gur that we just talked about? Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, it was definitely, definitely. Yeah, it was. It felt safe. Um, and and it was cold, right? It was like freaking cold. <laughs> yeah, it got really cold that night, um, and and uh, some bad weather came in, and um, it was raining, storming all night, and we rode out in a storm the next morning. Um, and that leads yeah. us to the story everybody wants to hear about, and that is, of course, your pony that decided to split on you. So we're going to tell that Pure story. Update. Yes, we're going to tell that story. We had a whole lot of fun talking about that while you were gone, too. Well, Trust Design says, ditch the boring. Just because halters are pretty much the most utilitarian item in your kit doesn't mean they should look boring. Halters should be beautiful. 
Be the first in your barn to have halter style on point with a Trust Design halter. They are truly one-of-a-kind designer halters. Visit TrustDesign.com. That's spelled T-R-V-S-T Design.com. I just wanted to say I am so proud of you. What a great adventure. Thank you so much for taking us along with you and keeping us updated. I have two questions. I wanted to know if you had a favorite horse out there. And the second one would be what part of your riding experience was the most helpful? Uh, thank you again so much. And I'm so happy you're home. We're so proud. Bye-bye. And we'll get to those questions. Thank you, Hillary Vorderman, for sending that in. But first, we're going to hear about your least favorite horse. So <laughs> so tell us about that fateful day. You head out on this nice little pony who then robs you blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was still right up at the top of the pack um, starting out day three, and it was the second leg. And... Um, and I think I, you should, you never, never, ever pick a pony or a boy for its good looks. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <think> this is, duh. <laughs> Jamie, you failed at that uh, one, by the way. Like... <laughs> um, but um, pretty boys, you know, I picked this pretty boy pony off the line after the first horse that I picked, um, which was sort of a, I kind of went for the like tiny scrappy looking alley cat looking horses um but this one would not let it would not be put a let anyone put a saddle or bridle on it so i thought mm, seems outlook not good for getting a you know to, for riding it so um so i picked another horse it was gorgeous blue roan um and he just like charmed my pants off for about um i don't know the first 10k of the ride to the point where i thought you know, I'm getting, I'm really hot. The sun had come out. I'm going to take my raincoat off. Um, went, you know, di- dismounted. And uh, before my, and, and you have, have to understand, getting on and off these horses is probably the most dangerous part. Every time you put your foot in the stirrup um, to get on, you just don't know. You know, like I'd say it was 50-50 whether I ended up on the horse or I ended up sort of like, uh, backpedaling and jumping back off, you know, like being like, ah, oh, this that's not going to work. This that go round, I'll try it again. <laughs> um, um, because they would, you know, they just, just wouldn't. Yeah, they just don't have standstill manners. They would, you know, rear up or buck or, you know, skitter off sideways. And in meanwhile, you know, it's not like in a herder's trying to hold them down, but. Sometimes the horse, sometimes didn't. But this horse really had me convinced that it was a rational, sentient being. Perhaps he's your friend. He's you my friend. He's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so I stopped to get off and 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 take off my raincoat. And in the process, the horse just, you know, just bolted. Um, and I tried to hang on to him because you're riding with reins and a lead rope, uh, exactly for this purpose so that when you jump off, you can keep hold of them. Um, and, uh, and he kind of, he drug me across the rocks for, for a few strides and pulled the lead rope out of my hands and went galloping off into the sunset 
never to be seen again. Like literally they never found the horse. Yeah. That's our, our most asked question by listeners all week. Did they ever find the horse? They never did find the horse. They never did find the horse. So that horse is wandering um, around with a saddle under its belly at this point. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think that eventually, eventually they always find the horses, but it could be weeks. You know, um, there are no fences. There's nothing to stop the horses from, you know, and I, uh, from just, uh, you know, joining up. I think well, he just joined up with another herd and was was done with it. And so at some point, uh, the the owner of that herd will be like, this isn't my horse. And it had brands on it and it'll eventually get back to its owner. But um, <laughs> this isn't my, my horse, but I sure do like this iPhone 7. Yeah. That's in the <laughs> Saddle, on the and this nice sleep, $300 yeah. sleeping bag. <laughs> right. All of which for the record, I'm, I'm totally at peace with because you know, uh, I, especially from from being out and experiencing this culture and being in the family homes of some of these hurting families, they need that stuff way more than I do. Maybe not my iPhone. I don't know what they're going to do with an <laughs> iPhone Seven out there, but um, but like a, a nice warm sleeping bag, a basic first aid kit. Some, you know, Leslie, kit. Le- Leslie, let's make a donation after. Yeah, okay? you didn't need to donate during the race. You could have waited. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they could have left it. I could have, yeah, I could have made the donation after, but yeah. <laughs> so part of the problem, though, um, aside from your sleeping bag is attached to this horse, your kit, all of your things that are you're packing, it mm-hmm. also has your stirrups. Because you had your own stirrups and and everybody put their own stirrups on each saddle every time they would get on a pony. So you have no stirrups at this point. You The horse is gone. You're in the middle of nowhere. What do you do? <laughs> well, I did. I called my, I pressed my help button um, and the crew came out um, eventually and picked me up in their land cruiser. We looked around for the horse for a little bit. The um, they, you know, dispatched some herders on motorcycles to look around for the horse, no dice. So they brought me back to the horse station, um, where I'd started and, um, and I was kind of sitting around, you know, uh, feeling, feeling a little bad for myself and, um, watching, you know, my lead slip into the ether. <laughs> um, other riders were coming through by this point. And, um, and then at some point the, uh, Maggie Pattinson, who, who we've had on the show before, um, she's the, she's the race ref, um, was like, Hey, if you want to keep riding, you can, we have a saddle, we have an extra saddle. There's just one catch. There's no stirrups. And so I'm like sold, you know, <laughs> like, you're um, like, I, I just, to, you know, I invented no stirrup November. <laughs> So I'm in. Yeah, let me remind everybody it's been six months since November. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, so I figured, well, might as well, you know, put, I should maybe should have spent more time, uh, you know, training my training, training for this, uh, you know, maybe a training routine of like crushing beer cans with my thighs or something would have been helpful, but um, you got to work with what you got. And so I headed out and did um, the next, it was a long, le- it was a long leg. It was a 40, 40 K leg. Um, so, which comes to about, I don't know, 25 miles or something. <laughs> At what no mile stops. marker did you start to regret that? 
<laughs> Actually, it was a great look. I immediately kind of figured out that I had two speeds, uh, can't, uh, walk or walk canter or gallop. There was no, there was not going to be any trotting. Um, <laughs> I was no. not going to, I would not get out of, uh, uh, trotting with, um, get away with trotting with my inner thighs intact. Um, so I kind of would walk down hills and canter on the flat or canter up hills. And, uh, and it was the most beautiful leg. We are going through this beautiful, this incredible valley, uh, with just mountains rising up on either side of it. And, and the, you could just see the, the path in front of you just like unfolding through, it just went on and on forever. And, and I was on this great horse. Um, you know, I'd asked the translators to pick me out, to pick me out a horse that was not going to kill me because I didn't, wasn't going to have any stirrups. So some of these horses that I'd ridden, you know, they'll be in the next, you know, they'll be 20 feet off, you know, jump 20 feet to the side if they see a broken vodka bottle. And so I needed, I needed a sweet horse and he was, he was so sweet. And, um, it was a beautiful day and, and, and it was a great, it was actually turned out to be a great leg. So you're cantering along, no stirrups going, life is awesome. This is so great. I love it. I'm so happy. I'm so glad I did this. Even though you had no stirrups, Leslie Wiley, you're my hero. <laughs> well, what, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? No, that's exactly, exactly right. It's like, keep going or, or quit um, because the blue roan is Headed to Russia at this point, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or China could be either. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. So you you completed, and what was going on while you were doing that? By the way, is they tweeted out about you galloping, and I think that the Mongol Derby even put out a the, the video of you galloping, and it was just like every one of us was like toasting you and cheersing and celebrating we were like she rides on (laughs) (laughs) it was like my favorite part of the whole thing yeah there must have been so even though out there we just felt like we didn't know anything that was going on in front of us behind us we didn't know where we were half the time and certainly we had no idea you know you guys who were following the race from home had a better understanding of what was going on in the race than we did. You know, we were just cantering along in our little cloud of dust, oblivious. Um, But there must have been some sort of cosmic, you know, you guys' support energy and cheers, like, must have made it. (laughs) I must have felt that on some level. We we have invited callers to call in at ten o'clock. So um, I you know we'll get to them as soon as they do. If you want to call, it's four three five two seven two one nine nine seven. So you know there's so much more to this. And look, we're an hour in, and we've only gotten to the to the point where you lost your pony. Uh, so <laughs> so I want to I want to ask you a couple questions, and then we'll let everybody else read uh, on uh, horsenation.com all about that. But uh, I've gotten some questions. And what point did you say? Okay, I'm I can't possibly be in the lead again and you just settle in to have a good time as much as you were going to have at that point um i think it was it was about halfway through the race you know after after the the setback with um with the the tack and then the next day i just got a really a horse that just really quit on me um in the middle of the ride and i just had another 
really slow going sort of day. And at the end of that day, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to make it, you know, the finishing in the top 10 is not in the cards for me. Um, and when, so, so at that point, um, I knew, which was fine because at that point I was like, no, just surviving this race is going to be a very real challenge and accomplishment. And, um, and I knew at that point that I just, that what was imperative first and foremost was to surround myself with good people who are good, going to be a positive, you know, bring a positive energy to the table and hopefully I could reciprocate that. And, um, and then that's, and that's what I did. Um, found a great group of people who kind of had a similar, um, ethos to, to me who were like, let's, you know, we, let's, let's enjoy ourselves. Let's appreciate this experience that this, that we're in the middle of and this opportunity that we have that to, you know, see this incredible, um, land and be a part of, uh, you know, see, really see a culture from the inside out. Well, that, and, um, that leads to Hillary's question that she had. What, what, ex- what training did you have that you felt helped best you get through, get through this whole thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think all, I think all uh, No Sturf summer. November. <laughs> no Sturf November. <laughs> Which we're changing to badass Leslie No Sturf November. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, t- I think it's all, I mean, I think it's not any specific exercise or training. I think it's just sort of life experience of, um, I've had hardships in my life that I have sort of given me the opportunity to see the bottom of myself and become familiar with, you know, sort of, um, what's down there and what I have to call on, um, when I need it. And, and I think that I had to call on every last bit of that, uh, in the race at some point to get through and to keep going. And so I think just like the best training was all those, all the stuff, you know, throughout my life that I've found myself enduring because, you know, that was, that was, that was training, <laughs> you well, know? Well, that, speaking of your bottom, <clears throat> I have to ask, <laughs> how was the food and did you get violently yell at any point? Man, I, most of the food, forget what you heard, it was amazing. Really? Um, yeah. Now, Jamie, it I, wouldn't be amazing for Jamie. Let's cut her out of this conversation. Yeah. You didn't see a unless vegetable, you're, did unless you? Unless you're a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you're someone, I think that it, if you're a person who like needs to know what you're putting in your mouth, uh, <laughs> then probably you're not going to have a good time. But if you can just be approach it with an adventurous spirit and just be like, I don't know what this is, but uh, I'm going to eat it and, you know, experience it. Then, then I think that uh, it was a pretty, pretty cool culinary adventure. (laughs) Did you get violently ill at any point? You know, only the illest I got was um, I had ordered some like shrimp spring rolls or something in the hotel in the capital (laughs) and got pretty sick from that. But so you got your food poisoning from the hotel. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But during the race, you know, and there's things that you're eating, you're like, 
This should probably, I mean, we, the wa- some of the water was like brown, you uh. know, with fruity bits in it. And <laughs> some of the food, you'd be like, you'd find yourself like picking a hair out of it or like swatting uh. flies off of it. You know, uh, but so I'm like, mm, I sh- maybe it should be. But I think, I don't know if your body just kicks into some sort of defensive like, defense, mode yeah. or defense mode or <laughs> yeah. what but i was i was fine the whole race wow well i'm good yeah. i'm glad because that was the thing we talked about a lot was you spending most of your time <laughs> behind a bush which there weren't any so that would have been tough um i love it if you're a person that would like to know what you're putting in your mouth <laughs> yeah, that's the quote of the day <laughs> that's quote. That's now crazy. we have yeah. to ask you about fermented mare's milk mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, exceeded my very low expectations. <laughs> it kind of took, it kind of like was just um, tasted like really tart, like melted yogurt or something. Maybe with like a spiked, <laughs> like spiked with a little <laughs> vodka or something. I don't, it was, it was not so bad. It was not, so, I mean, I would not seek it out in my life for sure but as far as just like a ceremonial sip here and there it was it was uh it was not revolting okay see this is the exact reason that you undersell because then it becomes an over deliver so we really freaked you out about everything and you're welcome because everything (laughs) turned out great <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leslie, okay, but one more question before we get to some callers that are lining up here. So, oh, and I have a message for you too from your friend Devin, uh, who uh, sent a message all the way from Japan. So she wanted to, to give you a message. But at what point in the race, everybody does this, whether you're any adventure you're doing that's truly grueling like this, you have that point where you don't think you can do another step, where you don't think you can get on another pony. And when was that? Oh, man. You know, I think it was the whole second half of the race, uh, starting with the this I put out um, uh, just just uh, last night, put out a part three of the race series. But um, when things started to get pretty tough um, and uh, so I would have kind of moments of that for about the last second, the entire second half of the race. Luckily, I was with some people who, I mean, we were literally just pulling one another along and it always seemed like somebody was up, you know, somebody was doing okay. Somebody was in the dark night of the soul. And we were just, we were constantly sort of cycling through that. And whoever was doing all right at the moment, we were, you know, kind of pulling the, pulling the rest of the gang along. And, um, and, you know, I I think I played both roles in equal measure. All right, good. Well, you want to start taking some calls? Sure. We have Barb, who says she's a family member of yours, wants to ask you a question. Good morning, Barb. Oh, Aunt Barb. Good, <laughs> good morning. It is Aunt Barb. Hey, Leslie. You Hi. badass girl. <laughs> we, Aunt Barb. We are so proud. Aww. We're all so proud. But here's my question. Here's my question. Drum roll, girl. <laughs> Are you going to do it again? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Barb. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. <laughs> well. Oh, man. That's a what, great question. What are, what are your thoughts? 
I mean, my, if you'd asked me um, uh, a week ago, I would have said, absolutely not, no, never, no way. Um, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to, you know, who knows? I, I feel like I am. <laughs> let me answer. Let me help you with this one because this is what they say happens. So you have a child, and the birth of the child literally what you want to die. It's the worst pain ever. But yet somehow the pain you forget it, and then you're like, I'm gonna have another kid. And so this is like you. You're like you're like thinking about having another kid already. You just had a baby, girl. Yeah, you, you yeah. stole my you stole my reply there. That's what I was. Saying. <laughs> oh, see, you took Aunt Bart's reply. But, <laughs> oh, Leslie, you have inspired me. I am going to accomplish something that I've been thinking of. But you have inspired so many who know you personally and who know your journey to that very bump on the road that you had there. So we just wanted to say we love you. Oh, I love Aww. you. Thanks, Aunt Barb. I <laughs> appreciate it. Okay. I like uh, I, I, amazing, amazing yeah. lady. I got I some love amazing ladies in my family. Aunt Barb is basically like, your JJ is going to heal. Get out there and do it again. <laughs> have another baby. <laughs> By the way, I have a message from Devin Horn that says you're going with her next year. So I don't think you have a choice, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> Devin says hi. We, you know, I don't know if you know it, but we did uh, the first night we were going to do coverage. We did a Facebook Live just to cover your first night, and that was going to be it. But we had 3,500 people watch it. So it was like, well, I guess we got to do this every night now. So we did every <laughs> night. And Devin was so kind to join in. And she said, she said, and what's next for her? It's with me. So I think whatever <laughs> Devin's adventures are, you're going along, girl. Um, okay. So, so here's, the, here's the thing. First, a couple questions. Have you watched any of those videos of them breaking down the race? I know I have, you know, I've been just really, um, since I've been home, I have just been writing and writing, writing my, writing my pony. And so I've not gotten to a chance to catch up on, um, uh, a ton, like a ton of the coverage. Just say um, no. It's okay. No. Just say no. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to watch it. You don't want to watch it. Hey, I, we have April coming up next. Uh, good morning, April. Let's see if we can good get morning. April on here. Good morning. Are you there? Hi. Good morning. Yes, I am. Good morning, Glenn, Jamie, and Leslie. Morning. Good morning. I just wanted to call in and tell you, I'm sure you've heard a hundred times what an inspiration you are. And that, you know, the thing I love about HRN is this, um, this you know, this embodiment for a mini Sarah that shows us what courage is and, you know, take life by the horns when you can, all the way to you, Leslie, who says, okay, I'm going to take life, you know, by the horns, and I'm going to run with it and show these adventures. And you just need to know that your ability to make us feel like we're going with you is so amazing for us people who are sitting at home, you know, I'm there with my three kids and husband going, I'm never going to do any of this. But you have the ability to make us feel like we're there, and it really you know, get to take a piece of our soul with you. So thank you so much. And I just want to know what part of the race, you know, has set with you as a basis for what you're going to carry on, you know, as you go forward in competition and things like that. Oh man. Thank you so much, April. That means, means so much. Um, you know, I, there, I definitely had moments out there when I was like, my, you know, kind of felt as 
Like, am I doing this in a vacuum? Why am I doing this? And is it selfish, you know? And then to come home and, and, and to hear that, you know, it, it, it actually had a ripple effect out just makes it, makes it really worthwhile. Um, but what's your takeaway? What's the takeaway, man? I mean, I think one, I mean, a lot, I have a ton of takeaways. Um, uh, but gosh, I mean, I'm still like trying, I'm like, where do I even start? Maybe in a a month we'll ask that question again. But I think think it's sort of the importance of in our world, in our, in our lives, we kind of try to avoid discomfort at all costs. We try and avoid suffering and, um, and that it's okay to embrace discomfort. It's okay to put yourself in, in, in situations that maybe you're going to fail, maybe, you know, that aren't a lock for you really, um, uh, ex- you know, excelling in them and, and get, you know, and get used to get, uh, uh, more comfortable just being uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, um, because you're, because you're not, we, you, that's not how life works. We're not going to be comfortable all the time. And so the more we can, it's just like anything else. It's like the more you practice it, the better you get at it. And then the, you know, and then when, when hard, the hard stuff comes your way, you know what you've got to work with and, um, you know what you're capable of and you know what you're enduring and you're capable of enduring and, and you can, and you can do it. Great question. Great answer. Yeah. And then you become Devin Hort. Well, thank after you. All <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. And I'll just say that, I was out riding one day complaining. I was like, oh, I'm getting sore. My husband had heard me talk about you. Uh, just, just a little bit. And um, he's like, God, it's not like you're riding the Mongol Derby or anything. And I'm like, That's everybody's quote from now oh, on. Yeah. Okay. I was like, sure. I'll do my quarter of a mile and I'll shut up. <laughs> Thanks again and good luck. Thanks, April. Thank you, April. All right. Yeah. We have, Doing uh, the sitting trot doesn't seem so painful. Yeah. Not like it's a Mongol Derby, for God's sake. You know, we it's need t-shirts that says it's not like it's the Mongol Derby. We could sell a million t-shirts with that on it. Let Leslie get on on that all right you, yeah you can it's take not that like one. it's the mongol derby. derby you need that one leslie the, and with your name Uh-oh. at the bottom no well. it, you know what you just need to have a car like have a bunch of business cards sure. in your pocket and when people complain you just hand them one of those and be like it's not like the mongol derby bitch like <laughs> i mean seriously all right we have nikki uh calling in next who's one of our great auditors so i think donated to the cause hi nikki mm-hmm. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Leslie. Hey, Nikki. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Like, I'm, it's, I rode every step of the way with you. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And, like, everybody keeps saying you're inspiring. You really are. The problem is you're gassing me up. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And my husband's like, you don't even camp. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, no, I'm going to do this. Probably let this up you. you no. Know. <laughs> <laughs> so no, my new motto is what what would Wiley do? I'm like, hmm, you guys have to do things that are stupid. I'm like I'm like incredible. But now seriously, it's like I just I couldn't I was so glad you finished the race. I'm like, oh my god, just don't get hurt. <laughs> but um it must have been just amazing adventure. Mm, it was yeah, incredible. And thank you so much for your support um through it too. I mean that really I can't tell you can't tell you guys enough like how meaningful that was to me and how much just get you guys knowing that you guys believed in me 
helped me out there to believe in myself. And, and when I wanted to just throw in the towel, I was like, nope, nope, nope. You, you owe it, you know, you owe it to these people that support you. They support you. They believe in you. You can believe in yourself, you know? So it really got me through. Oh my gosh. You just started a new hashtag uh, (laughs) by calling in because I I think that what we all need to do now is hashtag find our Mongol Derby, you know, like make, (sighs) make Leslie's (laughs) discomfort. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Another, another t-shirt is find your Mongol Derby, you know, find the thing that's hard for you. No, we can't all go over to Mongolia and ride ponies, but if we find what's your Mongol Derby, you know, what's your big challenge? What's your way to create discomfort to learn about comfort? I think that this is, I'm in, yeah. I'm going to find my mom yeah. Derby. I got to go. Yeah. Well, so yeah, push, push, push your limits, you know, push, yeah. push the boundaries. Right. And that's what I think you inspired mm-hmm. us to do is push beyond, uh, you know, yes. ourselves. And I just, you know, even if just to watch you do it, but also then to say, like, like JB just said, you know, little things, just push it beyond. And that's why I said like the, what will Wiley do? Like push it to the next level and, you know, explore. So, you know, thank you for that inspiration. Thank you for, you know, going on this adventure, let us live through it because it really is. And we live, you know, through you in the Mongol seats. Okay, Nikki, that means you have to go sleep in the backyard tonight. That's that's a start. Uh, and my husband's still trying to get that. He's like, you said. <laughs> you said you do this. Find like, your Mongol like, Derby, sister. <laughs> and you're back here. Everyone has Bye. ponies around. <laughs> Thanks, Nikki. <laughs> Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. I think Nikki was one of the ones like me. We were like, we don't want it to end. We don't want the Mongol. That was so fun it to was. follow along. And I'm sure you're probably like, when is it going to end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we do have a couple lines up. We have a, a couple more callers. 435-272-1997. We have Courtney up next. Good. Let me see. I got to get her on here. Uh, good morning, Courtney. Good morning, guys. Hey, Leslie, how are you? Oh, man, I'm so great. It's great to hear from you. <laughs> awesome. I don't know if you remember who I am, but I volunteered with you uh, back at the Eventing Nation tailgate at Rolex. Uh, ah! After I told you I killed him. Back, Courtney. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to call in and tell you that not only has this really solidified that you're an inspiration, but you've kind of been my inspiration for years. Um, going back to when I saw you running, I think it was at River Glen. I'm not really sure. Uh, in your pigtails with your black paint under your eyes. <laughs> um, you just. I don't know if you remember that or even how long ago Oh, yeah. Was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that was definitely a phase of my, phase of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was definitely quite a bit younger back then as well. Um, but you just, I don't know, you exuberate um, inspiration everywhere you go. Um, and meeting you in person, finally, at Rolex, um, you, just, you always have a smile on your face. You have a personality that's just easy to talk to. And you were seriously like my spirit animal, especially now after the Mongol Derby. And not that you need like my validation, uh, but if ever you are feeling down, just know that someone out in Tennessee is totally looking up to you. Oh, oh shucks. Well, that's very nice. That is very <laughs> You're nice. You're so sweet. Thank you. Thank oh, you, man. Courtney. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, that's thank so nice. Thank you, guys. We're just taking you at Rolex again. Yeah. <laughs> you have a volunteer forever. You can count on Courtney. She's going to be there. <laughs> the good news is, Courtney, uh, Leslie lives in um, in Tennessee as well, so I'd be happy to give you her home address, and you can just go hang out with her. Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my friends used to board at her barn. Um, and then, of course, I know Alex, too. Uh, mm-hmm. so I know where Leslie's at. Don't worry. You have stalkers. <laughs> you do have stalkers. I'll show up on your doorstep. <laughs> All right. So thank you, Courtney. Appreciate it. Courtney, right. you're awesome. Jane. I remember yeah. her from the from the tailgate too. Yeah, so, I did too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, no, I could say I could say all those same things about it. she's easy to talk right. to. She's yeah, she's like ray of sunshine. Courtney we have is, some so. more callers coming in. Jennifer's going to get them screened here quick. But in the meantime, I have something I want to say to you: is thank you for not dying. Um, because I would have felt very bad about the whole thing. So, and that was Tommy and I's joke about through, through the whole thing was uh, your husband and I, we kept going back and forth. He said, you know, it's not your fault. She probably would have done it anyway. Eventually you just rushed it along. (laughs) So So my, my question for you is, especially after reading what he wrote, how has this changed your marriage? Because I cannot I, I I can't fathom the depths of support that he, I mean, coming on the air and writing these articles and being just such a, a bigger, better half for you. How has it changed that? Oh, man. Tommy's one of those. He just rose up to the occasion. He, he, I think he understands, um, I don't think, you know, I think his, <laughs> I can't be the easiest person to be married to, but I think he, he understands what drives me and he, um, is always so, has always been so amazing about, um, nourishing that part of me that, um, you know, and, uh, feeds me in that way and so supportive. And, and when I was out there, I mean, I had like a few little select little happy places that when things got really dark out there, um, I would, I would think about and that would kind of, uh, you know, keep me putting one foot in front of, for the other. And he was, you know, the primary one. Absolutely. Um, and, and then, you know, he, he was, to come home and he, you know, he's been so involved in keeping people posted and, um, and, uh, sharing the narrative of the race that went, as it went along. And he's, I just can't even tell you how amazing he's been this summer and through this whole thing, just really, um, just supportive beyond, well, you know, he agrees because he's just sending me a private message that says she's amazing, but he, uh, but she's always been amazing and strong ever since I met her, even when I was still an idiot and a bad boyfriend. So, <laughs> so he's just Uh-oh. making up for that stage now. So he's still kissing up for that. And then he said, I'm just glad she's home. So, uh, so oh. he's listening too. Yeah. And there's somebody else too that uh, I saw pictures of and got to be friends with during this whole thing. And that's your sister, Emily, who's on here with us right now. Good morning, Emily. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, hey Russ. Yeah. Oh, I love oh, you so <laughs> I've been up this morning. I got, I woke up to feed our, your little nephew at five in the morning out here in California time. And it was perfect transition just to hop online and hear you talk about this crazy adventure and, um, I'm just sitting here with a cup of coffee, wishing I was sitting with you and just hugging you and loving on you. And I'm just so glad you're home. And, you know, I was in um, 
I was in tears um, leading up to this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Emily lives in California, you know, and I live in Tennessee. And the literally the last time we saw each other, which was, when was that, Em? Um, a couple months ago. It was ago, in July, yeah. In July. Oh, and she July. just started crying, and we were hu- hugging each other, and she was just like, be safe. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I will. Don't die. Please Don't come die. home. Yeah. And so, oh, man. But, oh, yeah. I just, um, gosh, you know, that I know you know or have been told, you know, just the amount of people that have been rallying behind you and following this whole adventure. But, I mean, people that you have, you've never even met out here where we live have just been, um, following you every day, praying for you and just following along the adventure. And we, um, we just, um, have just loved, you know, just loved watching it. And you're just, for me personally, I mean, you know, I love you and you're, I've always looked up to you, but this is, you're just have, I don't know, gone above and beyond what I could even, sister you're just so strong and someone I just um will forever ever look up to and um so many people have said the same thing that they don't even know you but they just aspire to be more like you and I just hope you can feel that and take just soak in all of the positivity that's coming your way oh and you're gonna make me weepy <laughs> well and that begs the next question too is is besides M what was the family support like, or was it, was it, I mean, do they know you so well? They're like, you go girl. Or were they, they like, you're crazy. Don't do this. Or, or were they like that dumbass is doing it again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, no, my family is amazing. And they've been, maybe I should ask this to Emily. Emily, what did yeah. they say behind her back? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so there's this, um, the Leslie, Leslie Wiley Derby fan club that started and it was, um, Tommy and Tommy's mom and sister and our aunt Linda and, um, our other sister, Jennifer and mom. And we had a group text going. And so every night, um, I think it was, let's see, I think it was like seven o'clock in Tennessee and it was, um, four o'clock out here the text would get going and everyone was saying, okay, I've run out to the store and got my pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and my <laughs> box of Oreos. And we all logged on and started watching the dot. And it was, you know, the, the red dot watching party. And we just, we just sat there like, I, you know, texting back and forth. Oh, she's almost made it to, you know, this check-in point. And, um, but through the day, you know, everybody was just, you know, it's all speculation. Oh, what is she doing, you know, here? She's at the shopping mall. She's waking up and eating <laughs> Cinnabon before she gets out. And why isn't she moving? Or why is her dot going in circles? Or, you know, what's, what's happening? You know, it was all speculation, but it was, so, it was so fun. You know, it was like, we didn't want it to end, really. You know, we, you know, when it came to day nine, we all were like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be so sad not watching the dot yeah but nobody here um, got any sleep yeah. either leslie right emily none of us <laughs> slept for nine no. days <laughs> no one slept no we were all exhausted walking zombies for like a week and a half but it was totally worth it but yeah, yeah the support was it was it actually brought the family i think closer together even though we were you know 
so far um, apart. And that's know, technology, right? Apart, I yeah. mean, that because of technology, oh, yeah. you were able to do that. And that's very cool. You know, Leslie, you got to the point where, <laughs> where our listeners were hounding their Twitter feed so bad at the Mongol Derby that <laughs> who was the guy in charge of Bloodwagon that we talked to? What was his name? Uh, Eric. Eric. Eric started sending message, private messages back to Devin to relay on the show every night because they were following the show every night <laughs> to, to relay on the show to tell. And this was his this was his message. Would you tell the horses in the morning people she's fine? Because apparently they were <laughs> getting bugs so much. That was my question was were the Mongol Derby people like, what the hell? hell? Is this yeah. like a movie Who is star? she? <laughs> <laughs> so many people. <laughs> the best I, thing club out there. I, yeah, but yeah. but I will say this because if your fans over on your side and the fans over here, the Mongol Derby has never had as much free publicity as they did this year. So that's <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing is, did they ever say something to you? Because the the chick that's doing all the tweets, who was hilarious, by the way. I mean, you must be seeing her periodically. Did she ever say anything to you? Like, dude, the Twitter feed is crazy because of you. I never even thought about, and you know, like social media never, or or that there was even an outside world that existed anymore. Like, didn't really exist. Like, I didn't really, uh, uh, like occur to me frequently during the race and because i was just like okay just me and the pony in the middle of nowhere and uh and then when i crossed the finish line one of the um one of the gals um dumpling from from the derby crew came up to me and she's like oh you're the darling of the derby you've gone viral and i was like <laughs> what what's that mean i don't know <laughs> i just need a shower and <laughs> you know um <laughs> But there's people in the world outside of this. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was the, that was the when it when it was brought to my attention. See, that's the part I couldn't do. I don't know about you, Emily. The, the part I couldn't do is not shower for ten days <laughs> and be in the same clothes, not showered for ten days. That must have been a ripe group at that group photo at the finish line. Oh, it was stanky. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. But if you're ever going to have an excuse to not shower, just own it. I would be like, okay, this is how, this is how I'm going to live. Let's own yeah. it. At one yeah. point at one of the horse stations, there was a Creek that was pretty clear and I just laid down in it for probably 15 <laughs> minutes and just cack, like just laughed maniacally. It was, I was so happy. <laughs> With your clothes on or did you strip down With naked? My, my clothes on, yeah. yeah. No, she wasn't stripping down naked anywhere in Mongolia <laughs> after the first day. Years, <laughs> <Yeah>. True. <laughs> well, but thank you, Emily. It's like, so nice yeah. of you to call. We really appreciate it. Aww. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love you, Les. So much. Can't <laughs> wait to hug you. I know. All right. Bye, Emily. <laughs> and then, so that's the thing is, did you did you bring spare underwear or clothes or socks or, I mean, how does that work? I mean, I had in my saddlebag, I had brought one pair of um, spare clothes, you know, in case, you know, just to, just to switch in and out of and, um, and nope, uh, <laughs> you know, goodbye. Goodbye. Devin, talk to, you're going to love this. You'll appreciate this. The one night we were talking uh, on the air, she said, yeah, it got so bad. I didn't have any spare underwear. By the fifth day, I was so sick of those underwear. They smelled so bad. I just threw them in a bush. And I rode commando <laughs> the rest of the way. We're like, how do you ride commando for four days? <laughs> uh, I thought about it for sure. You did? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> turn them inside out. <laughs> Does that really work, by the way? <laughs> inside out, back front. Yeah, I, yeah. There's there's a system to it, I'm sure. <laughs> Leslie, what uh, what? We already asked the question. What are you going to take away from this? So I want to ask one of Devin's questions. What were you most surprised about? And then her second question: What's your favorite memory? Not a takeaway, oh. but a memory. Yeah. Um, I think. What was I most surprised? I was I was incredibly surprised by um, a, the adaptability that we have as humans that we don't have to call on um, quite as often as you know probably our <laughs> um, ancestors have. Um, like we can adapt to anything with with really like pretty seamlessly, um, and you know whatever is. is becomes your new normal, you know, (laughs) Um, and whether it's a culture, you know, whether it's uh, like we figure out a way to communicate with people who don't share a common language with us, we figure out, you know, how to adapt to changing climates and environments and mental and physical challenges and um, and that's something that we just we don't have to practice very much in our day to day lives. Um, and I think we forget that that's something that we possess. And I was I was surprised by how adaptable I was and how adaptable the people were around me. Um, so that was that was pretty pretty surprising. And um, and then what was what was question number two? Question what was your favorite memory? Yeah, but that, favorite but memory. just on that point, that was beautiful. Oh my gosh, you're. This is you're like a new Leslie. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> you're so pensive and well thought out and organized. It's weird. Who are you? Speaking of that, we actually have somebody on hold who probably could shed some light on who this girl is. <laughs> That's right. I'm trying to get her on now. Uh, hi, mom. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> Your Aww. mama's on the phone. Hey, hey mama, mama, turn turn your radio down. This is this is live. So you You've gotta been turn waiting your radio to say down. that for ten years, haven't you, Jamie? I know. <laughs> hey, mama, turn, turn your radio down. Oh, Te- technology. Mama's in technology. I got it turned down. There you I got go. It, I got it turned down. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie's mama's on the phone. She brought you into this world, Leslie. Hey, Why did she take you Aww. out? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, <laughs> I just want you to know that. I have been listening to this whole radio show, and even at the beginning, I was astounded to hear what happened. See, Mom, you weren't supposed to listen. Uh, We tried to send you a different different link, but it didn't work, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) I read read a slight bit about it last night when I was reading your newest article, but I didn't know the whole story. But you know what, Mom? (laughs) She handled it. Like the tough girl you raised. There was no yep. Mongolian drunk guy getting over on Leslie. Yep. That was not happening. It was not I'm happening. So and, I know you can nope. handle it. I'm here and I, I hate it. to see what Mongolian justice system is like. <laughs> that can't be good yeah, for that guy. Like, arrested seems like a loose. Yeah. Kind of think like, it does. Kind of think it does. There's any jails out there. <laughs> no, that's true. The well, jail is right next to the mall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mom, were you proud of your daughter? Oh, so proud. Her dad and I are so proud. And um, we were up. For 
every night, all night, watching that red dot. And like Emily said, we were walking zombies. Oh, but it was all, it was all worth it. And we are so proud of you and love you so much. Oh, thank you so much, mom. Thank you. We appreciate you calling in. You guys raised me to be be the the gal I am. So, okay. Take care. Well, all right. Like it's getting too mushy. No, we're just running out of time. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We're at the end of the show already. Now I realize we only covered a touch of what, uh, of what, what's happened over this whole period of time, but you're covering it in great detail on horsenation.com. You've put out three stories already. There'll be a couple more to come. If you haven't read those, these are Pulitzer prize winning stuff here. This is, uh, if you don't submit these someplace to win awards, you should, because <laughs> you're not only are you a tough, tough, tough badass, but you're also a great writer. So, uh, and a good storyteller. It really, really is well done. Oh, thanks. Well, there are more, more to come. Got another, still another part or two of the series left to write. So, well, and I think, you know, I think that, uh, I think the Mongol Derby got a new respect for the power of the media on this one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that they're going to want you back because we harassed them so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, I, I looked like, and I want to end with this. It looked, and I give a shout out to them, unless this isn't true, but it looked like they really did hustle to make this happen. They were hustling as much as you guys were. And I mean the staff and the vets and the medical people and just mm-hmm. trying to get the girls set up with the horse stations next to, with the rain and the torrential. They kept getting stuck in mud. And they, you know, talk to us a little bit about them before we end today. It is an incredible undertaking that I can't even wrap my mind around. I mean, the sheer logistics of they had to find 1400 sort of audition 1400 horses for the race um, is how many horses ended up getting used. And then they had to get all of those horses from wherever they were to horse stations and, um, and then back to make sure they got back to their homes. Um, Like the, from the vet, um, team was top notch. The medical team was top notch. Um, you know, wrangling. I'm sure that uh, we are not we are not the uh, most domesticated herd of people you've ever <laughs> encountered. <laughs> Forty two. Um, you know, type A's, uh, type <laughs> riders, um, and um, and then the crew, and and then making sure that we had you know, uh, like a pretty culturally, um, you know, that we were able to function in that culture and, and, you know, all that mutton, (laughs) 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 you know, it's, it was, uh, incredible. And I know that they just, they work really hard and, and they, they create this really incredible environment for, I mean, how often in life do you get the chance to really challenge yourself like that and find the bottom of yourself? And, and yet you're, you're still, there's a safety net at the, at the bottom of it. You can get into a whole bunch of trouble. Um, but you know, uh, ultimately there is, there is something, there is a system there to bail you out, um, if you need it. And, and um, it's just an incredible 
undertaking. And if you don't ride horses and you're listening to this, they have a number of these kind of challenges that you can do that are as crazy, but don't involve horses. So, (laughs) so you can check that out at the Mongol Derby website. So let's end, let's end the show with your, this is the Devin's other question was your favorite memory. Favorite memory. Oh man. I really did. I had a lot of incredible memories, but I think maybe my (laughs) <laughs> one that stands out is um, was maybe a day or two from the end. I'd sort of hooked in with some great people. We were just towing each other along um, and um, trying to, you know, keep it positive. And um, and everyone was dealing with their their challenge. You know, one of the guys we were riding with, Sai. Um, he was riding with, he'd been riding with a broken rib since day three. You know, we'd all had lots of hardship to endure. But just the fact that you we could stop for a minute. It, it, there was a moment when we looked over, we were trying to figure out where we were wanting to go. And there was a, this rainbow, this incredible rainbow coming down uh, over the mountain. Like kind of actually looked like it was ending right at where the horse station was supposed to be and we were just we we're like okay that's it let's let's ride toward the the rainbow and rainbow marks the spot and we were just we were just kind of uh, galloping toward it um and just being able to despite all of the you know the tough stuff um and trying challenges that we encountered to still be able to have moments like that that we could fully you know just be odd just still absolutely odd by the splendor around us and and the wor- this incredible world that we live in and it's all of its beauty and all of its challenges and all of its mysteries and um and and I think like that's something that's really applicable to life too is you know it's easy to get caught up in in the day to day just kind of, you know, one thing after the next, one challenge after the next, one hardship after the next, and to remind yourself that it's important that we, all the time, that we're able to take a step back and be like, but wow, how about this life, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and that was just sort of a moment that encapsulated well that. Well said, up my here. friend. Well said. Oh, thank you, Leslie. You've grown up before very I eyes. know. I Ten days, and now she's an adult. Uh, now that's <laughs> it's only taken her thirty some years, but but now she's an adult in ten days. <laughs> that's, that's still up in up in the air. Oh, okay, good. Okay, yeah, no, we do expect you back to work next Monday, right? Uh, for your regular segment, you, <laughs> you know. Could relax. Yeah. And this is what I w- I said to my other friend who competed, Madison Kaufman, uh, competed the Mongol Derby a couple of years ago, and we're at a horse trial, and she's walking around, and I just stopped her, and I go, I'm like these people don't even know what you've done. They don't know. Like you're walking, you're going to be walking around in a world, Leslie Wiley, where some people don't know you rode in the Mongol Derby. And it's going to be hard not to just be like, I am better than all of you because I (laughs) did this thing. But it's true. Like just know that we will never forget this. We will (laughs) never forget that you were the girl that got this done. It's like the respect I have for my friend Madison after having completed this is it just changed it changed her as a human and it it it's changed you and it's changed the way we all look at you and we're just so unbelievably proud of being a part of this whole journey and you allowing us to be a part of this whole journey from from 
we've been there when you entered the race to, to, to this talk right now. And we're just incredibly honored to have been a part of it. And so proud of you for doing it and taking us along with you. Oh, well, thank you guys. I mean, for seriously for the, it's a two way street. I couldn't have done it without everybody's support. So well, Good job. Let's uh, Good job, all of us. Let's <laughs> take the show out with the Alti band from Mongolia. Does this sound familiar? Bye, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Western show. Hashtag find your Mongol dirty. <laughs> Whole line of t-shirts coming out soon. Kitty.